Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 19. Nothing had ever sounded more ominous to Filthy Henry than the lock of the front door clicking as St. Ogre closed it behind him. The vampire author slid into place two bolts, one at the top of the door, the other at the bottom, then turned the key and locked the door completely. Seemingly just to make sure that the door was well and truly closed, St. Ogre tugged on the handle twice and nodded with satisfaction when it failed to open. He turned around, picked up some gloves from a table beside the front door and pulled them on. Now if you could just remain as you are, St. Ogre said, walking up to the fairy detective. Filthy Henry was starting to panic. Plans that rescued a person generally kicked in sooner rather than later. He was putting a lot of trust into Shelley right now, and it didn't seem to be paying off as quickly as he would have liked. He felt like he was playing a solo game of Russian roulette with a loaded double-barreled shotgun. St. Ogre reached into the fairy detective's pockets. He pulled out the crucifix. Behind Filthy Henry, the two stokers took a step back, putting some distance between themselves and the holy item. It's okay, gentlemen, St. Ogre said. It's out of his hands now. He snapped the wooden cross in two and tossed the pieces over his shoulder. Well, I guess that's plan B ruined, Filthy Henry said, smiling at St. Ogre. If that comprised Plan B, I think you can safely give up on Plan A, St. Ogre said, reaching past Filthy Henry and opening the door down to the basement, whatever that may have been. Now, I do so hate the sight of blood on my freshly painted walls, so we shall just move this little conversation down to the basement. Just remember our deal, Henry. With a little shove from the stokers behind him, Filthy Henry started to walk down the stairs into the dark basement below. He tried to remain calm, wishing he had something to eat so that he could fill up the magical tank. Kissing Shelley had cost a bit more than he had intended it to. Right now, he had enough in him to take out one of the three bloodsuckers, and only possibly. To be sure, he would have to knock several shades of brown stuff out of the stoker to weaken it a little first, which would have taken hours if he was lucky to last that long. Even then, without magic to aid him during the fight, it was still only a 10% chance of it working. At the foot of the stairs were the smouldering remains of the guard stokers that had been watching the mother croc. The fairy detective gingerly stepped over them, showing some respect to the dead undead, because that was how his mammy had raised him and was led into the middle of the floor. One of the stokers holding onto his arm growled at the sight of his fallen comrades. Oh, that is a shame, St. Ochre said as he sat down on the middle steps of the stairs and looked at the bodies. One of those was a sibling of the man holding your left arm, Henry. I can only imagine he may want to make this last a little bit longer. I had hope for a cleaner execution. Ah, brilliant, Filthy Henry said sarcastically. That was always the problem with the mastermind behind any crime. They generally loved to hear themselves talk. The sound of their own voice was like some sort of soothing music that they figured should be shared with everyone in the world with ears. But it was a trait that Filthy Henry was happy St. Ochre had right now, because it meant he could buy some time. So, he said, hanging limply between the two stokers, 
Was this all really about you getting into the bestsellers list? St. Ochre sat bolt upright, pride surging through his body. Why, yes, Henry. Yes, it was, because... Filthy Henry only half listened to what was being said. His eyes were scanning for anything that could be incorporated into Plan C, since Plan A was really taking its sweet time. Shelley ran down Duke Street, heading towards Grafton Street in search of help. It was late at night, or in fact early in the morning, depending on which way you looked at your watch. But Grafton Street was usually busy at all times of day. Except tonight. As she stepped out onto the cobble-locked street, Shelley was met with a sight she had never seen in her entire life. The street was deserted. Empty. Devoid of another living thing. Neither human nor fairy nor animal was wandering around as far as the eye could see. There was not one single soul available to come to her aid. For the first time in recorded history, the street was completely empty. This hit her like a slap in the face. Filthy Henry had literally sacrificed himself to let her live, and in a few minutes he would be dead, and she could do nothing to help him. She had never felt so useless in her entire life. Shelley dropped to the ground, defeated. There was no point in running any further for help. They would never make it back to Dawson Street before St. Ogre had killed Filthy Henry. She looked around with her fairy vision, a great sadness welling up in her heart. Once the world stopped looking so magical, that would be it. The Stokers would have killed Filthy Henry, and her connection to the fairy world would be no more. It would be like watching him die. She would know the exact moment. Tears brimmed up in both her eyes. One rolled down her cheek, hung dangerously from her chin for a moment, before dropping to the ground like a suicidal lemming. As it splashed on the stones, Shelley noticed a strange golden light in the teardrop a strange golden light that her tears normally lacked. Shelley stared at the drop and watched the light intensify as a few more glowing tears were shed. Well now, that's new, she said, amazed. St. Ochre had been rabbiting on for the past three minutes, mostly about his little master plan. Buying time had never been such a costly experience. Filthy Henry had always enjoyed conversation with the vampire writer, but now he was starting to wonder how he had not staked him years ago. There was so much hot air spewing from the fanged mouth that it could have inflated a fleet of balloons. Even the stokers holding the fairy detective in place were showing signs of getting agitated. Both of them were flexing their hold on Filthy Henry's arms, wanting to get down to the violence they had been promised. Plan C had failed to materialise, much to Filthy Henry's dismay. There was nothing in the basement that could be used to escape. No conveniently placed garden posts that could be made into impromptu stakes. Not one full canister of petrol, just waiting for a well-placed fireball to be flung towards it. It was almost as if the fates had decided to sit this one out and let the fairy detective figure things out himself. Then he felt it, a tingle that ran through his entire body, like pins and needles starting in his feet and working upwards to his head. Finally, filthy Henry thought. Well, Abe, he said, interrupting St. Ochre's monologue, this has been great. Nice catching up with you and all that. But tell me, before you kill me, how did you get around the rainbow? St. Ochre stopped talking and stared at the fairy detective. Well, that was rude. 
but I'll tell you and then kill you. The rainbow was simple, really. I'm actually surprised it had never been tried before. A rainbow only works as long as the thing observing it knows what colours are. A being that can only see in black and white would just see spinning lights of varying shades of grey. They would have to be 100% colour blind, you understand. But so long as they were, then the rainbow had no effect on them. The tingle was growing stronger throughout his body, but Filthy Henry knew he needed a few more seconds before the spell would kick in fully. So, he said, taking his time to speak, since there's no such thing as a colour-blind fairy, because the magical powers are full of colour, you figured a human would be perfect. Why not use a dog? A common misconception about dogs is that they see the world in black and white, St. Ochre said. Dogs actually see the world in blues and yellows, with some grey thrown in for good measure. No, I needed a human that could function normally and see the world of fairy folk as well. Not some lunatic from the crazy house. They'd be no good. Gibbering mess, a lot of them. Which explains the caught sea's blood, Filthy Henry said. You gave two humans away to see the fairy world, knowing that one of them was completely colourblind. But he wasn't a crazy person and you had no intentions of leaving them around as witnesses anyway. I assumed that there would have been no bodies or newborn stoker dust in the warehouse if the Leerling had not interrupted you. You've got it in one, St. Ochre said. The potion was something I found in a book twenty or thirty years ago. With the right ingredients and some fairy blood, a normal human could be given limited abilities to see the fairy world. Something the ancient druids used a lot along with copious amounts of magic mushrooms. I recalled seeing an elderly caught sea out on one of my walks around the city one night and figured, why not? Spill a little blood for the greater good and all that. It was pure coincidence that the caught sea was friends with Shelley. I just thought she was homeless. Well, uh, thanks for that. You've cleared up a lot of things for me, the fairy detective said with a smile, as he felt the tingle throughout his entire body. But I, uh, I really have to be going now. What are you talking about, Henry? St. Ochre's face suddenly frowned. It was because of the golden glow that was coming from Filthy Henry's body at that very moment. The tingling sensation had intensified as the spell kicked in, growing in strength so that his whole body was enclosed in a shell of light. He felt both stokers let go of his arms. St. Ochre stared slack-jawed at the fairy detective. The basement seemed to get bigger from Filthy Henry's perspective, but he knew it was not really the room increasing in size. Rather, the spell was just adjusting his body so the teleportation took effect easier. Which was why Filthy Henry hated using the spell to get from A to B, unless he was absolutely sure that the exit point at B was bigger than he was. When you had to be condensed in order to get flung out magically at your destination, it became a little uncomfortable. Judging by how much he was shrinking, Filthy Henry reckoned that Shelley had shed one or two tears, nowhere near another body of water. Which was impressive given how wet and rainy Ireland's weather tended to be. The spell sped up, making him get smaller quicker, until the three stokers looked like giants staring down at a helpless villager. Stand on him with your foot, you morons! St. Ochre shouted. Both stokers brought up their right feet, aimed and stomped down at the tiny fairy detective but a fraction of a second too late. He had reached the required size and felt his entire body being ripped apart 
as the spell transported him out of the basement. The last thing Filthy Henry heard was St. Ogre screaming his name at the top of his voice. You could always rely on Plan A. Shelley watched her glowing teardrops with great interest. They had joined together, seemingly of their own accord, to form one larger drop. Just to make sure that it was not some strange effect of looking at a tear through fairy vision, she turned off the magically enhanced sight. The glowing drop of moisture remained, intensifying with each passing second. It had even started to ripple, wobbling from side to side. Slowly two little trails spread out from the sides of the drop, with two more pushing out from the bottom. At the top, or at least the part that had no lines coming from it, the water started to bulge slightly, almost as if something in the teardrop was trying to force its way out. Presumably whatever was causing the light had decided to make an appearance. Ah! Shelley fell backwards, away from the glowing drop on the ground in front of her, and scuttled away. The shout had come from within the teardrop, the glowing light brightening with the noise. The teardrop shouted once more, the entire water body bulging upwards. Even the little trails of water had started glowing now, moving independently to the rest of the drop. It was incredibly worrying to watch. Her first thought was that this could be some sort of creature sent by St. Ochre to renege on his deal with Filthy Henry but then vampires were apparently very limited to the magical abilities they had. The fairy detective had told her that. Right then the glowing drop exploded, growing in size on the cobble-locked street. Water rushed out in five directions, and a liquid man-shape formed on the ground. Inside the watery form, golden light raced around, seemingly pushing the water onwards. There was a brief moment when all movement ceased, and then the water splashed as if dropped from a great height onto the ground. Shelley covered her eyes from the droplets that rained on her. She took down her hand to see Filthy Henry, lying on his back, completely drenched from head to toe, with rivulets of water running off his body. You couldn't have cried near a river or a puddle of something, no? He said, sitting up. Or at least found some drunk's wee or something in a store driveway. She blinked twice. The wet fairy detective remained, sitting there, on the street, soaking wet, in front of her, alive. Who are you? she asked, searching in her pockets for anything that could be used as a weapon, and only finding the crucifix. I'm Filthy Henry, he said, wiping water off his face. Now put down that cross, will you? It's me, not some stoker. What? How? I uh, transferred my essence to you when we kissed. Once you cried, the spell used water as a conduit to teleport me to the source of water my essence was in. But because you didn't cry near water, I had to be made tiny and then very painfully regrown to my original size. Thanks, by the way. She just stared at him. For saving me, Filthy Henry continued, taking her silence as a question. Sorry, that may have sounded a tad sarcastic. But you try being shrunk and enlarged rapidly. Anyway, seriously, thanks. If you hadn't cried right then, I'd be dead right now. Although you could have shed a few tears a little sooner, just as an FYI. You'd swear I meant nothing at all to you. He got to his feet, walked over to her, and offered her his hand. Now come on, Filthy Henry said as he helped her stand up. We really have to run. No half-breed, 
You should have already been long gone. They both turned down the street and saw St. Ochre standing there, hands bunched into fists, looking annoyed. I really wish I had a plan D right about now, Filthy Henry said, and started running away from St. Ochre, pulling Shelley along with him. Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, is a novel by Derek Power. Other Filthy Henry novels are currently available to buy on Amazon Kindle. This audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton.